Good morning and welcome to the Canine Translators Podcast. This podcast is dog trainers talking about dog natural training and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts, Tara Sturmer and Laura McClure, head behavior trainers at Canine Working Mind. Our facility is located in Austin, Texas. If you have any questions or uh, comments, please feel free to email us at info at caninetranslators.com. That's info at the letter K, the number nine, translators.com. All right, we are going to get rolling today. So uh, we put out a couple of podcasts out there. This last few podcasts got quite a lot of feedback. Yeah. Um, we hit upon a controversial subject, which is uh, sheltering. Then, uh, then we also talked about uh, PMAT, yeah. which is coming up this weekend. Um, if y'all got tired of hearing us, well, we got one more week to talk about it because it's coming up this Sunday. Uh, don't forget, you don't have to be in Austin uh, to help Puppy Mill Awareness, okay? Um, if you have not listened to that episode, it's episode number, Laura... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It 21? was, it was ep- yeah, episode 21. Okay, yes. if you haven't listened to the episode right? uh, where we interviewed no, Courtney episode Lee, 22. it's episode 22. 22. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been a long day all already. about puppy mills and the event that is um, out there to help bring awareness to bring it. awareness. It's, it's so important and it does play a big part in our shelter overpopulation, which is what we discussed in the last two uh episodes because we ran out of time um we did get a little bit of feedback so i want to bring up some of the questions yeah so we got we got quite a bit of feedback so um i actually uh i have two emails uh from raven who emailed about her dog lycos who we've been seeing for a bit uh since they pretty much first adopted him and uh she was first just emailing uh to let us know that she really enjoyed understanding the dog ownership timeline uh because it resonated a lot with her when it comes to uh, to lycos because she's been seeing a lot of those test phases at the the three month and the six month and the nine month mark and she was talking about uh kind of what she was seeing at those different times and those different phases uh and she wanted to hear more about being able to experience adopting adult dogs, which we will kind of go further into. Uh, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier uh, when we were talking about the difference between adopting an adult right. dog and a puppy and stuff. Um, we are going to go over that. In a yeah, very... we're going to go more in depth about that. We just kind of touched on it. Um, but then she emailed uh, again after our shelter uh, episode because she was pretty much thanking us for having the the, the gumption diffi- the, to put out our opinion the difficult conversation right. about because she is uh she always feels like she gets attacked for being an animal hater or a murderer when she Which brings is, up her opinion you know and i'm gonna say that's one of the things that we get dubbed all yeah. the time yeah because uh y'all you're animal murderer you must yeah. want them to murder that's not what it is y'all right and uh you know if you didn't listen to the shelter episode, you need to because yeah. that's not what we're saying. No. And people are allowed to have their own opinions. And like right. I said in that episode, uh, you know, y'all can suck it if you think that's what we're doing. We don't work our asses off for dogs so we can 
euthanize them as murdering a, animals. Yeah. We're not saying that. And if you don't agree with no kill, you're not pro canine murder. Yeah. Everybody's got this divide all yeah. of a sudden. Thinking it's, that anti no kill means that you just want all the dogs. That's to not be what euthanized. it is. We would like no birth. Yeah. Stop with the overpopulation. Yeah, and that's the thing that she brought up with Lycos with her dog because when he was caught, they had him tagged as a feral dog because apparently he'd been roaming the neighborhood for years. And they did a DNA test and have actually found that they, he has multiple sons and daughters all over Austin. Right, because and, he was just breeding and breeding and breeding right, and breeding. Right, exactly. And he was even... Uh, trapped with two puppies they had to trap him in in an um an animal trap and she found out that he was kept in that trap for eight to ten days inside a warehouse like garage right. which now attributes to why he struggles so much being in the crate with right they them. can't that's one of their biggest problems is trying to crate him and that's why yeah i mean, you say, I mean when you're kept in an animal trap for eight to ten days i mean what do you expect in the heat yeah, Sally Port, which yeah. is what they call those. It's they drive in, they empty the dogs, and they go out and get more. Yeah, and this is you know this is because we have such an overpopulation. Yeah, so she was just saying that it it was it's super frustrating. She understands Lycos a lot better, um, kind of getting more of his background, and then just understanding kind of where he's come from and what's going on. Um, so she she was just kind of giving that. Um, information and and understanding with her own dog that it is it's happening out there and and a lot of people just don't know what's going on it's not there's a lot of people uh that do not know that there's i mean so many dogs have been on the side of the road because they can't get into a shelter right you know uh get that spay neuter ordinance going and that's going to lead into michelle's email yes who is asking what politician that she needs to get in touch with to get a spay-neuter ordinance back on the ballot. Well, you know, Michelle and everybody else that's listening, your council members, get in touch because Austin runs that. It's not the governor. It's Austin. Your city council members, who you pay their salary, are the ones that shot this down. Yeah. They're the ones that can bring it back. Yeah. Okay? So find out who your local representative is in your area. Call, have Call, their email. email, have everybody in your neighborhood do it. Yeah. You know, this is something that needs to, to get on the ballot. Um, it is something that needs to happen, but it has to happen through council. And I'm going to say, I am really hopeful, hopeful that I, and I have followed out about animal politics, I'm not going to lie, because I was so shot down that they did not care about overpopulation in, uh, you know, when we fought for that spay noodle ordinance, yeah. um, that nobody gave a damn about it. So uh, I kind of got burned and said I'm not going to do it anymore, and I wasn't going to get involved in animal politics. But um, I have to. I yeah. have to. It's it's too it's too intense. Yeah. And and seeing the dog suffer in those crates really drives me insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hopefully the new council members, if they are new, I don't know because I haven't kept up on it. Um, hopefully your mm-hmm. representative. We'll Maybe help they'll have you. a different opinion. Somebody needs to do something. Maybe Somebody they'll actually needs to listen. say, spay a neuter ordinance, get it done. Yeah. Lycos, there's a hundred 
probably thousands of little Lycosas running yeah. around because he was astray for so long. Yeah. Um, and that's a great email from Raven because that's exactly what Laura and I yeah. were discussing. Yeah. He's not the only one out there. That's no. Gonna, if, that's, if that's his story and that's just one dog, one dog. how many... I that, that's you. why our shelters are so over yeah. full because of dogs like Lycos. Yeah. And is it his... It's not his fault. I mean, he no. was the, he was the one that was put out there. What do you expect? And he's a dog, and yeah. he's going to do he's dog gonna things. He's going to do dog things. And, right. But if that's just one dog, I mean, it's just one, one. dog. That's just one yeah, dog. Yeah, this, this, the the uh, specs on that are, uh, are incredible, and, uh, you know, we'll have to touch upon that again, because I'm not done with my spay and neuter rant. <laughs> uh, but we do have another rant to go yeah. on today. Yeah, and <laughs> the last one we had was from Priscilla, who um, was just... She said that she was really enjoying the podcast as well and uh, that she was enjoying listening to especially the, the pet overpopulation episode. Um, but she also said that she doesn't really have the heart to volunteer at the local shelter with actual dogs, which I understand because yeah, I that, that pulls at the and, heartstrings. And, and not only that, but, it, uh, you know, they you can get assaulted. Yeah. You know, and... It's it's not fun to deal with, but you don't have to go in and put a leash on a dog. Yeah, and that's what she was asking is, like, what are some ways for non-contact with the dogs that she can try to help because it social, is... Social... So here's a, here's one of the best things you could do, social media networking, um, getting it out there with the dogs, right? So uh, one of the things that... And I don't know if personally you could do it on your personal Facebook, but, you know, I'd take a look at it. I don't know because I use the business page, but... Uh, if we put something out there, Facebook has this little boost thing, Yeah. right? So, hey, here's a great idea for all the people that want to help and can't put a leash on. Maybe spend a little bit, and this is not for Priscilla because I know she helps a ton, but that for anybody else who has complaints, yeah, spend a little bit of your money. Yeah. Boost a post. Yeah, share something. I'm going to say not just share. Go on Facebook, go on Instagram, boost the post for that dog to be adopted. Yeah. It costs a little bit of money, but you can help that dog get adopted. You can also contact your representative and talk about spay and neuter ordinance. Yeah. You can also start a petition about spay and neuter ordinance. Now, when, when I fought it, I had a petition out there. We had over 5,000 names on that petition, and I'm just going to bring it up because, you know, it's my pet peeve. <laughs> it was still shot down. Yeah. Right. So start a petition, you yeah. know. You don't have to you don't actually have to go to the shelter to help with overpopulation. Fight from your computer. Yeah. Fight from your house. And maybe it's more about if you can't go to the shelter um bringing awareness to the the problem. Right. And you know, I I will say that a lot of those shelters they can always um they can always use supplies and stuff too. Yes. So if you have the funds to be able to support with supplies. I mean, it might be going to your local shelter and literally asking them, like, hey, what is something you need? And we I all think for need the, something. I think for the most part, most shelters have a wish list, but I yeah. can't guarantee Austin has that. Um, yeah. And if the uh, municipal shelter, now I'm going to have somebody from the shelter on um, to discuss those little fine details, but um, I know if your municipal shelter cannot take donations, there are usually groups like Friends of. Yeah. I know Bastrop has Friends of Bastrop, yeah. I think it is, uh, Animal Shelter. Um, I, they used to have, years ago, Friends of Austin Animal Center. I don't know yeah. if they still exist. 
Um, but not something that's something you could look into see if there's a wish but list. I mean, it might even be like walk in, go to the shelter you're thinking about volunteering for, and literally say like, "Hey, I'm not." ready to handle dogs maybe you know your heart's not ready or you're just not physically ready or whatever it is and ask them and say you know but i'd like to be able to volunteer what is something that y'all could use right what what's something you need sometimes even transport yeah so sometimes now i i am fairly certain again i'm gonna have i'm gonna try to get a shelter uh employee on here but um i think some shelters have a restriction on where they transport dogs to other shelters transport dogs right so let's say a dog gets adopted in austin needs to go to san antonio if you can drive the dog that's great yeah. or, or be a leg of right, the drive right or even and this isn't just for your shelters and i'm gonna say that you know so rescue groups pull from shelters yeah and sometimes they need the transport to get and to they the rescue can't group. Yeah. pull from shelters if they can't do the stuff right yeah so we're going to have a whole nother podcast on rescues, but it's not just shelters. If you can help a rescue group, a local rescue group, transport or foster for them, or, uh, you know, if they need donations, they are the ones that pull from the shelter. They do the mass exodus, right? They're yeah. the ones that go in and pull the dogs from the shelter, but they can't if they're it, full or yeah. if they can't get a dog someplace and I know re- some rescues will adopt out uh, to other locations, so transport can even help sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or being the phone person, right? Yeah. Phone logistics. Be- and and, and <laughs> some rescues even, like, I know because uh, I see a lot from Fuzzy Texan just because I follow them due to Forrest and Kevin, but a lot of the times they're literally asking for... Um, someone to drive a kitten or a newborn puppy somewhere or they're to get asking spayed yeah or, get or they're asking you know trying to find an adopter for a dog and and a lot of it is just okay let's let's try to get that dog more more sight by everybody else so right. that it's out there more so that we can find the right adopter right, right. Um, and you don't yeah you don't have to be a dog walker to go and help the the, the shelter yeah. um, but again um, for those of you who are on social media a lot yeah boost a post put it out there you see hey you know what there's 10 dogs that need to get home and they put that post up you know share it and then boost it yeah put it out there for more and i'm gonna say you know that's that's one of the things that businesses do with their stuff that's how they advertise they boost the post i'm not sure if they could do that with personal i have to check that out but that's a great way to get it out there to a lot more people than who do you have on your friends list yeah yeah, okay. getting it to but, everybody. Uh, we really appreciate the questions, and, yeah. and we will always touch upon them, y'all, because we love, love getting the uh, emails and the and the uh, funny things. I'm going to say Priscilla <laughs> is one of my favorites because she always puts something funny in there. Yeah, um, and I, I think I well, she was upset it again. because uh, your tracking class was full. I uh, she was upset. <laughs> my tracking class was full. She did say that she likes the way we do it, though. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say she she said she liked how laid back we are, and we are laid back, y'all. And Priscilla, we love you for that. But uh, you know, I'm always gonna be who I am, and Laura is always gonna be who she is. And there's no PC about it. Nope. <laughs> I can't be PC. It it's for the dogs. Yep. Yeah, not not at this point. Dogs no, don't think about PC. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. You know, people don't like me. They don't have to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, most listen, of the time they do anyway. So they do anyway. I have a lot of people that give send me hate mail, but um, 
you know, they don't send uh, things that I could say because they're cursing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, since we talked about the shelter stuff uh, a lot in the last couple episodes and all of that, and um, so then we were going to go farther into if you do adopt a dog, or even if you're fostering a dog, um, kind of trying to find a trainer. And how quick. Yeah, and... Because even, and I will say, even if you are fostering, a lot of the times the the shelter or the rescue, uh, sometimes they will be willing to pay for a trainer if you find a trainer. Especially, we have quite a few rescues that we work with, their fosters, uh, to help get that dog to be ready for adoption. Um, Or you've adopted a dog and now okay, I, I want to be able to find a trainer, and do you wait for there to be some things going on, or do you get the dog and then, all right, let's look for a trainer right, right. now? So, uh, you know, we have, so in a rainbow and unicorn world, um, you'd go out, you'd find a trainer that you really like, right? Uh, and this is rainbow and unicorn <laughs> world, um, you know, all Skittles and everything. Uh, you go and find a trainer you like. And the reason I say it's all rainbows and unicorns is because most times we get, uh, we adopt a dog on a whim. Yeah. You find it. Uh, it's used Right. And because our heartstrings got pulled from a Facebook post or yeah. an Instagram post. So uh, a lot of times there's not really research, with, which we've discussed already. Um, but rainbows and unicorns. Laura and I style. You go, now of course we have the added benefit, we are trainers, but yeah. <laughs> but if I go and look for a dog, I research it, um, and I would assume that if you're really looking for a second dog, we have a couple of clients, uh, one in particular that comes to mind, Madison, she spent three months, it four months, a long time looking, um, looking, looking for, for a good right fit dog. for her other dog, and um, you know, and she already knew she had a trainer backing her, and she would ask me all sorts of questions, so here's the thing, if you're looking to adopt a dog, Try to find a good trainer that you like, positive reinforcement, humane treatments. Find a good trainer that you like and ask them a bunch of questions. What should I look for before I adopt a dog, right? Yeah. This is rainbows and unicorns prior. Yeah. If you're doing it research-wise, find a trainer, talk to them, ask them questions about what they should look for for the quick assess. We discussed it last time uh, in our shelter series, but... For a quick assess, maybe that trainer will even go with you, right? Um, if the rescue group's allowed. I know uh, Madison ran into one group that would not allow her to bring a trainer, which is kind of shady. Interesting, interesting, yeah. But, I mean, I get it, you know. Um, maybe they thought that she was going to bring a force trainer. Yeah. Um, and I get that, but I thought it was weird. Um, but each his own, right? Yeah. If a group will allow you to bring the, a trainer with you, they can assess the dog. You yeah, know, but it might make it easier for you to determine if that right. dog is the right fit. Whether you have another dog at home or not, I mean, you can you can still hire a trainer even if you're looking for your first dog. Right, so there are trainers out there that will go, absolutely, we yeah, know you don't I'll, have a dog, but let's help let's you out. Let's help you find one. And um, I have a lot of people that are say, like, this is my first dog, and I didn't know what to do or what I was getting into, and it's maybe if they had had someone with them that right. knew more about dog right then they would have been able to find a better fit right. for their lifestyle so so this is something that you can do if you are going to research now let's say you get into the other situation where somebody pulls your heartstrings and you just fall into a pup 
uh, or the pup falls into your lap. You right. Know, we find that too. My uh, my ex nanny for my kids just had a dog fall into her lap. Yeah. Uh, beautiful puppy, but puppy. So when should you get a trainer for that? Should you go ahead and I've adopted the puppy and like next day I'm going to try to immediately go seek yes. out training? So I would actually contact the trainer and this is, you know, because of my behavior brain. I seek out people. If I get a dog first day that it's in my house, I'm training. Yeah. Um, not everybody does that, but you should. Yeah. You should say, let's have a, uh, a moment where I contact the trainer, get their recommendations for what I need to worry about the first three days and three weeks. Yeah. A good, positive, humane trainer is going to help you get through that first three days and three weeks. They're going to give you some boundaries to put in line because what happens when we get a puppy home and i'm I'm not gonna lie i do the same damn thing first day it's adorable you just want to love and cuddle carry it and squishing it kissing it and yes i did say that i do carry my puppies um but (laughs) but here's the thing um i still instill my boundaries but that's because it's so behavior for me it's it's just natural and i think that's something with a lot of people is when they bring home a new dog then they will let boundaries slide for the first couple days just because it's a well they're they're settling in and it's fine like we're just figuring things out but then if that that dog is gonna think that there is no boundaries right if you put boundaries in right off the bat and you set the tone that way it's going to actually help that dog settle in more because it's not going to be so confusing if, you know, the first couple days I'm okay with you roaming the house and doing your own thing because I took off work because I wanted to be home and I adopted a dog and then I go back to work because, you know, hey, we got, I got to be able to pay for your dog food. Um, so now you have to be in a crate. Right. Or now I'm not going to be home with you, giving you all this attention all the time. Right. Well, that's... You, you do have to remember, you know, I, we all love a puppy when it first comes in. But like I said, I always do take the boundaries very beginning, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. find a trainer that will help you set those boundaries. We have a lot of clients that will adopt a dog and then they're immediately looking to put them in one of our obedience we classes. Just had, we just had that with one of our elderly clients, right? Um, they adopted a large dog and brought it immediately they knew they were coming home with this dog yeah so they within the first two weeks they had that dog dog signed up for obedience because they wanted to make sure the dog was going to be structured and start boundaries that's the way to go right look for some local obedience now um finding a trainer i would ask people for recommendations right so seek Seek out recommendations from your friends and family. See who they went to. Now, if they're prong collar force trainers, no. Yeah. That's a red flag, y'all, because a prong collar and electric collar are band-aid fixes. Yeah, they're not. The second you take those off, the dog doesn't listen. So find somebody who's going to do some humane training and build your bond. So what you want to do is look for somebody who's going to truly look for um, what's going to make you and your dog happy and work together as a team not fear you so start looking from family friends your veterinarian probably has a lot of good recommendations you know so um we know uh we know quite a few and we get a lot of our clients recommended through a lot of a lot of local vets send their clients over here because they know that we're not going to do force training right um Anybody who has had positive experiences, and I say that because you might get uh, some people that go, um, you know, well, I I walked through a park and 
there was a line of dogs doing off-leash stays, and it looked amazing, but all of a sudden, one dog was started screaming, and then they all started screaming. Right. That would be a shock collar training class, and don't go to that person. Yeah. And it might be if they're ju- if that person doesn't actually have experience with that training, you're kind of taking that recommendation as a as you want. I mean, I would grain of salt. If I'm looking and I'm seeing a big class going on and you might be seeing it from the outside uh, or your friend or your family member might have seen it from the outside, but they weren't actually involved in it and part of it, well, then they don't really, they might not know everything that's going on. Right. It's just, oh, well, I saw this and this was the company and, or this was the name of the person. if, If the dog in the group class is screaming... Maybe or not. if there's misuse, or, yeah. or uh, you know, some abuse. harsh, some harsh. Uh, you know, that's a that's a body language over there. That's a bit different, right? But yeah, if if somebody's just gonna go, so you know, I heard. Yeah, hearsay isn't always the best sometimes. Right. But if they see a dog being mistreated, absolutely think about that. Yeah, and you can also just kind of do some research. That's most people. That's why they like to get on the, online and look all that stuff up. So, so get online and actually look up some of those people that uh, that some maybe your friends or or family or the veterinarian recommended. Don't just automatically go look them up. Research them. See what their their methodology is. Uh, what what are their goals? Do they what kind of tools do they use? Um, what do they offer? I right. mean, are they going to offer you a obedience class if that's what you're looking for? Because not all trainers do that. Right. A lot of trainers only do sessions. Right. And read the reviews on those online searches, right? Yeah. So for me, every time I go someplace, I re- read reviews. Now. And you do leave reviews. I always leave reviews. <laughs> yeah. So uh, case in point. All of the chaos that I just went through with my house. When I hired this contact, uh, this contracting company, it was five-star reviews. And then all of a sudden, over the summer, there was an awful lot of one-star reviews that were left, of course, right after I hired them. Yeah. So I'm assuming somebody changed something. But look at the reviews, right? My wife is a review hound. She will research the daylights out of everything, anything yeah. she buys with reviews, right? But people don't do, tend to do it too much with yeah. trainers, and go, I definitely go recommend... Go look on, on their Facebook, go right. look on Yelp, go look at Google reviews. Like Google there's, reviews, There's yeah. a crap ton of places to there leave is. reviews. There is. Now, uh, and I'm going to just put this little uh, red flag out there when you're looking at reviews. Remember that sometimes people leave reviews because they don't like the person, yeah, right, like or personally if, have an issue. Right, they personally have an issue with that person, not so much their training techniques. Right, use your judgment when you're looking at the reviews. I am going to say that um, you know somebody. So for for example, with the review for uh, one of the Airbnbs that we stayed at, somebody said uh, the house was awful. You know, it was uh, you're not allowed to do this, and there's so many rules put in play. But try to take that from a different standpoint. I went and stayed at this Airbnb, and it was good. I thought yeah. it was fine. Uh, you had you were only allowed to have guests for two hours for the day, but I get that they don't want the neighbors calling the cops on their house, Parties. right? So kind of read between the lines when you're looking at the reviews. You know, somebody says the forms for a trainer are too long, or paperwork. There's so much paperwork. I just yeah. didn't have the patience. 
We well, get that, that a lot with our forms. We do, but here's the thing. If they don't want to put that kind of work in just filling out forms, we already know they're not going to be successful in training Yeah, because they're not going to listen to the protocol. So take that into account. Because right? trainers do have those that paperwork for right. a reason. Right. Like they're, not do, they're there for the dog. So, I mean, the paperwork is either they're trying to learn your dog or they're trying to figure out what's going on. There is a purpose behind it. It's not just because they like making you right. fill out forms. Right. They're not trying to irritate you. They're trying to get more in, uh, more information to yeah. help you better. Because wouldn't you, know, you so, want them to know? Right. And this is something else that I always say. If you go and look for a trainer, does the trainer just walk in and say your dog needs this? Yeah, without actually right. Do they knowing? Do they actually ask you, you know, questions about your dog? Uh, you know, where does the dog sleep? Do they ask you questions? Do you make the dog wait for its food, or do they ask you questions? Hey, you know, when you when you're on a walk, does it jump and bark high or bark low? Do they ask behavior questions, or are they just going? Does the dog guard food? Okay, I have a program for this. Yeah. Stop and think. Yeah. That means that they don't really have a knowledge of behavior. Yeah, because just just guarding food doesn't always mean the same thing for right. every single dog. Right. Not just, every behavior is the same. Right. Be aware. You know, somebody, a trainer that's going to take the time to sit down and have a full conversation. And have more in-depth about your dog's behavior instead of, yeah, and oh, your dog barks on walks? Oh, okay, we'll do this. Right. Well, I don't know why your dog's barking on a walk. I need to figure out why they're back about, the Think about all the things that we do. We do get a, quite a few people that say, there's so much to your getting into your program. Here's the thing, though. I know exactly what types of behaviors and aggressions your dog has. So if you have a trainer that's going to do that, if you have a trainer that says, hey, look, I need to actually get to know you Dig a little dog, deeper. Before we actually do some hands-on training and throw blind programs at you, that's a trainer that actually wants to help from the bottom up, not just a Band-Aid. Yeah. So trainers that just have Band-Aid, and that's not their, and I'm going to say it's not their fault because that's how they're taught. Yeah. Right. So a trainer is typically taught, you go in and you apply this program for this pro, this aggression or this program for this problem. It's a blanket program that goes across that's because they were taught that way. But if they're not sitting down and almost like a private investigator, right? Yeah. We always laugh and call ourselves the canine behavior analysis unit, like uh, criminal minds, because we sit down and analyze everything. It, yeah. I don't want to waste Very my in-depth. client's money. Yeah. And it's kind of like if you go, I mean, if you go to the doctor or if yeah. you go to a psychologist, I'm pretty sure you're not just going to go in there and be like, my stomach hurts. And the doctor's going like, cool, here's meds for that. Right. Like they're going to try to figure out, or you go to a psychologist, I'm sad. Okay. Well, here's meds for that. Like right. that's not how that works. Right. It's really important that they get a full in-depth background. Right. Y'all, there are 16 different types of aggression slash reactivity. Right. And if, if you're going for a behavior problem, now if you're going for obedience, not going to lie, you come here, you're still going to have to fill out that big old form. Why? Because you might spend $250 in a six-week class and get absolutely nowhere because your dog has one of the underlying problems. Right. And that's that something we want to be able first. to see. Right. Yeah, we want to be able to see that because we're trying not to waste your money. So right. if I look at a form of someone saying, I just want to join a class, well, I'm going to look at that form and then I'm going to email them and be like, hey, I have a feeling that the class isn't going to be your best option because I don't think that your dog is going to get a lot out of it or you're going to have more frustration right. on both ends of the leash. And that's else. important to know, too, because I can tell you countless people and, you know, hopefully the listeners will rein in on this one and leave their comments. But 
I could tell you countless people that come here uh, from, you know, big box store trainers, not going to mention names, but big box store trainers. Um, and, you know, there's a there's a, a miss there. So what happens is they're given a protocol to follow, not the trainer's fault. Given a protocol to follow, they have to follow this protocol. And, you know, dogs that are barking, are people are being told, you know, walk around the aisle and hide. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, we're just going to keep you behind this barrier because your dog can't do the class and you know without you being out of sight and they don't offer anything else yeah so you spent all that money on a six-week course because there was no background and you just went in this is where your money gets wasted and your dog gets more frustrated more reactive so kind of take a look at that as your is the trainer you're contacting looking for more information than your normal average box store and don't be afraid to ask questions to them if you're looking for a trainer for your dog then that means that i need to put my trust in that person so i'm going to ask them questions about their methods what is their experience have you only been doing this for two three months did you get your get a i mean a lot of things it's like do you have a dog certification well I mean, you get that on the computer. So, so, and this is the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up. So there is, um, there's a, a couple of organizations, and while yes, they have to pass the test. I had uh, multiple interns with me forever. Um, so I don't even know the number of people I've trained now as <laughs> interns, but they have to take a test at the end of the internship. And I'm going to say a lot of my interns never passed. To become to go become trainers because yeah. they're book smart, but I would never be able to put them. You wouldn't with feel dogs. comfortable putting them with dogs, but it's your test, right? That's your test that you've created. Versus, I think there's some sort of test out there where you can get an right. actual like certification. Right. Certifica- but that's different from the test you give. It's definitely because different. yours is more of the specific behavior. Mine, my test is a lot different. Yes, but. The point for that is some people might test that certifi- pass that certification test and just be book smart. Right. Right. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, it's it's 30-minute video, and unfortunately there is no real accreditation for uh, dog trainers. Anybody can become a dog trainer. They can watch a couple of YouTube videos and claim that they're a dog trainer. Yeah. Right. So if you're looking for a trainer and that's their passing point of like, well, you can trust me because I'm certified through blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I would still ask. I would to be looking more to into that yeah. a class or observe a session. So, ask them more questions. Right. So we don't hide from that stuff. Like yeah. I've always been, and I've had a lot of a lot of trainers that work for me in the past that say, "I can't believe you're letting so and so observe a class." Why? Yeah, I got nothing to hide. I would love for everybody to come and see that it can be done. Yeah, um, and this is how it's done. And I think a lot of trainers, unfortunately, again. I think it's getting worse in this day and age that people are way too competitive. Stop. There's no need to be competitive. We're all in it for the same reason. The dogs. Right. We're here for the dogs to make them better. I have many. I mean, Laura and I get calls all the time from dog trainers that come and either bring their clients or bring their own dogs. Yeah. We have no problem with that. I don't yeah. have a problem with a dog trainer coming here. I'm not competing with anybody. I want to help you understand, and that's how a trainer should be thinking, right? Is how to help an owner understand their dog better to make the dog be able to stay with that family. Yeah. Um, So if you ask and say, hey, can I observe a class, just to 
This is just so you can see how that dog, how that trainer interacts with the dogs, how right? How they interact with the dog, the people, how they handle the dog. Right. So here's the big thing. You can contact uh, a 15-second TikTok trainer personality, go and observe a class, and he sounds all big and bad because he's on TikTok and he's got a whole bunch of followers, but then you get there and you see he's hanging dogs off their fucking, excuse me, back end. Um, or they're or hanging them to death because they're they're showing aggression. Sorry, he really irks me. I'm just gonna say, um, <laughs> but I won't say his name. And I'm gonna say you always hear me talk about the 15 second TikTok trainer personality. I'm gonna say I won't say his name. And the reason I won't say his name is because I believe if I say his name, he's gonna get more popularity. And I hate him. I think <laughs> he's absolutely inhumane. One of the worst characters out there. It should not be anywhere near dogs. He should have been arrested for abuse a long time ago. We're not the only ones with this. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, either. a lot of people are uh, are saying who this is, and they're blasting him on social media, so he's getting a lot more attention. I'm not giving the jackass any attention, so I'm just going to keep calling him the 15 second TikTok trainer personality. But if you go to a class and you observe what they're doing so you could talk to somebody and they're going to sound like you know positive quote-unquote positive trainers yeah they're going to tell you everything they do is positive nothing is going to hurt the dog and then you go and observe a class and you see if you see something where you're uncomfortable right they're punching them right uh this is one of the things this like pinching up jackass does as he pinches up underneath the thigh um so sorry i'm i I really don't like him but i won't say his name i'm not giving him popularity uh but uh if if he were to talk to you he would tell you everything he does is fantastic and he saves dogs from being put down all the time and you know he's their last hope so you're gonna get all yeah that sounds great and then when you go observe that's why i always say observe a class Yeah. yeah a trainer should have no problem Letting you come and right. watch. I mean, this this jerk even hides his locations that he's going to be. I'm not going to lie about that. Just found that out. He hides where his classes and his demonstrations are going to be. If you have to hide that shit, it's because <laughs> a you're reason. an abuser. Right. So There's a reason. I'm going to tell you every Saturday, every Sunday, Laura and I do classes. Come on out. If you want to come watch, you're more than welcome. And any positive trainer is going to feel the same way. Yeah. Because they know... That what they're doing is right. They're not going to hurt your dog. So look, go and see, go and and observe them. Okay. Yeah. Um, it gives you an opportunity opportunity to see how they also talk to people. Now I'm from New York. I'm pretty brash, but I'm very respectful to my clients. Yeah. I mean, I've had people that literally no lie, no lie in my 35 plus years at this point. Um, <laughs> I have had a guy that comes up to me and says, I cannot hire you. And I said, okay, is there a reason? Because you're a lesbian. And I said, okay, you have a great day. Good job. Have a nice day. I don't care. Yeah. Right. But I'm still going to be nice. I didn't lose my crap on him. Um, now, a lot of y'all know who I am. Yeah. And they, and y'all know that I'm going to be very, very professionally friendly and say, go on about yourself. Have a good day. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, and then when they leave, I'll say what I got to say. And that's just because I'm going to be professionally. Yeah. Right. It, see if they're professional with their, uh, their, with their clients. clients. With you. So you might get a trainer that's out there that says you shouldn't have this dog. 
if you have a trainer, you go to a class, and the trainer says to you, it's all your fault. If you were a stronger person, this dog would be fine. You need to be more dominant if you were I need you to stop, brash. take a step back, and say, I'm not going to be contracting with a an abuser. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's miscommunication that happens between humans and dogs all the time. But... No, that's something I'd say because a lot of the, our clients will come in and say, if I was just a little bit more stern or if I was a little bit more, just more, then maybe they would listen. And not, And my Stop. biggest thing is I'm not going to change you. You don't need to be more dominant with your dog and, and or anything like that. Like that's not right. It's, it's not, not anything in our training. That's not anything we do. I'm not changing the person and how you they You have interact. to learn the dog's language and how to communicate with the dog. It's not because you did something, and it's not that you should not own this dog. It's really important that if you see a trainer in a group class, or if you talk to a trainer, you hire a trainer, and that trainer is like, you know, uh, this dog deserves a better, tra- a better person than you. And uh, people have actually said this to people. Yeah. I literally am like, girl, I would have took my dog and said, give me a refund, I'm out of here. Yeah. Right? But it has happened that there are trainers that are out there and say, you have to be, if you can't be strong, you can't have this dog. That's not the case. We had a woman that was just a dog that singled out a woman in her house. A dog was fine with everybody else. And she had said to me, she, uh, she says, I think it's just because I'm weak. And I said, no, it's not because you're weak. It's because you're a female yeah. and he's overconfident. It's not because you're weak. And here's the problem. Yeah. Right. That she was gonna, she was so upset that she was sitting and crying and telling me this. Right? It's not you. It's not you. I need everybody to get off that hole. Yeah. It's so if hole. you have a trainer that literally is is bashing you, or you're talking to them, maybe maybe you do go and they do have a big, you know, like consultation like we do. But then their thing is, well, it sounds like you're part of the problem, and we need to change. You, right, that's not. That's not how That's it goes. probably not the best trainer for you. Right. And, you know, if they tell you your dog is dumb, this is also a thing. If you go and, uh, and somebody says to you, uh, your dog is uh, just dumb. They don't have the capacity to learn. You know... Uh, we get that a lot of like we, we were told by that they just they just can't absorb things. I they, just, they just can't learn things very easily. And I I'm legit like, just had a client that said... Uh, she was told that her dog was just dumb. And I went, wow, okay, no, there is no such thing. Yeah. Um, I don't care what anybody says. If you if, if a trainer calls your dog dumb, it's because the dog is smarter than the trainer. Yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, so always find a trainer before, you know, or right as you get the dog, going back to that, right? That's how you find a good trainer. Observe a class, do some uh, online research. Yeah. Start Ask. doing those things right as you adopt. Right, as soon as you adopt, get I like going. to get those people in right away because you don't want to wait until you're hitting behavioral things because then you're searching for a trainer, but you're scrambling because you're already having issues. So then right. you're going to go with the first or second person that you look up just because you need that person now. Right. If you already have a trainer because you've done some classes and then maybe at three weeks or that three or six month mark that we talked about in the phases, you're seeing some behavioral issues. Well, great. You already have someone in your corner that you've built this, uh, this bond with to that already knows your dog as well. So instead of feeling like I need to scramble because 
now I don't know what to do and I just need someone now. Right. Because there's a problem. My dog bit someone or my dog is having crazy separation anxiety or now they're barking on the walks when they didn't use to. Right. Um, don't, don't wait don't until wait. you have a problem. Don't wait until you have a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of the trainers, because we were, we're going to touch just a little bit on this, is if you're going to a trainer, though, and you're doing uh, the consultation or you're talking to them and their immediate response is, hey, you should probably do a stay and train and have your dog do a stay and train or a board and train, whatever they want to call it, whether it's at their house or their facility or something like that. Um, if I just adopted a dog two days ago and the trainer's initial response is, let me take this dog away from you and do six do weeks it. of training with them. Don't do it. I do not recommend that at all. Right. And if you're going to adopt a dog and immediately uh, put the dog in, in stay and train, you're going to lose the bond. The, do- the trainer is going to bond with that dog. Yeah, your dog's not going to have any bond with you. So even right. when you get them back, are they going to actually listen? No. They're going to listen to the trainer. Yeah. All right. So we're going to we're gonna stop there because I want to try to cut these a little shorter than an hour. Um, so we're at <laughs> we're our 45. Where are? We're at our 40 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever. So we're going we're gonna to stop here and leave, leave you with this teaser because the next time we are going to talk about stay and train. Just stay and train. Just stay and train and how, you know, how it affects dogs and owners and, and even the trainers. Yeah. Um, uh, but... Yep, so we are, um, it's hard for us to stop talking about stuff we really love, but uh, we are going to stop. If you all have any questions or any ideas for future podcasts, I want you to give us an email, send us an email. Like I said, we always listen. Uh, The email is info at k9translators.com. That's info at the letter K, the number 9, translators.com. If you have uh, ideas for shows too, yeah. let us know. I mean, yeah. we obviously every time we do a podcast, we come up with a new one that we want to do. So uh, we will uh, definitely listen and throw it out there, have a conversation because it's never ending how much conversation we can have. Yep. And don't forget, if you want to do something about the, the shelter situation, start looking for trying to get that ordinance, contact your city council. Make, I mean, maybe you just literally share. Share the podcast. Share the podcast. Have people, hey, listen to this. And uh, contact your local council. Yes. Top, that, contact them. Yep. And then don't forget PMAD. PMAD is coming up. There's Sunday. And we Woo! hope to see you there. We hope to see you there. Yeah. So it's, it's honestly, it's a great day. It's going to be an all-day thing. It's beautiful. It's 9 to 1, I think. I think yeah. she said. I can't remember. <laughs> Probably going to be wrong. But... Um, check it out. It's really fantastic. And we're going to do a live podcast from PMAD. Um, so just so you all are aware, we are going to be walking around and doing a live podcast. Yeah. So um, stay tuned. If you don't listen to our Facebook, we are on Facebook. It's Canine Translators. Uh, the letter K, the number nine, Translators. We're on Instagram as well. Same thing. Same yeah. thing, Canine Translators. So if you wanted to uh, check out PMAT and you're not in, in this state, check, check out. us out online, yeah. okay, or on the social media platforms because we will be doing a live feed from there, uh, and it's going to be fantastic, yeah. I think. I, I absolutely love PMAT. All right. So as always, remember to hear your dog. See your dog. See your dog. And then help your dog. It's a long day, y'all. Long day. Uh, And protect first, guys.